Beyond that, you have the wonderful, amazing privilege today. We have a beautiful five foot two redhead um, who is my wife that is going to be talking today and speaking to our moms and bringing such a word of encouragement um, from the hood that is motherhood. So we're excited. I'm excited about having my wife share. She did a great job first service. Before we do that, if you are a mom in here, I just want to honor you and pray for you. Will you stand to your feet if you are a mother? Come on, don't be afraid. We didn't want to honor you. Yeah. And just stay standing, stay standing. I want to take a second and pray and just honor you. If you um, are with that mother, if it's your mother or your husband or, or somebody close to you, why don't you just stand next to them and support them? We're going to pray with them. Um, I was looking at the scripture and thinking about Jesus' response to his mom. And, uh, of course, we, we don't worship Mary, we don't pray to Mary, but we definitely honor her sacrifice and the things that she did. And I think Jesus did the same. The Bible says in John chapter 19, while Jesus was hanging on a cross for our sins, for you and me, in, in place for us, he looks down, and in John 26 20, and 27, it says this, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple, who was John, took her to his own home. Even while Jesus is being horribly mangled and crucified and punished and suffering, he thinks and he looks to consider his mom as the oldest son of hers going, I need someone to help take care of her. And during that excruciating time, he looks down and he says, this is now your son, John. And, and he's thinking and caring about his mom. And, and I just want to encourage you as we pray now that Jesus is looking at you and he is praying for you and he is with you and he is comforting you and he is thinking about you and knows the work and the job that you do. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for all of our mothers. Lord, I thank you first and foremost for you being a great heavenly father, being an amazing savior. God, and we look to you and we worship you. God, and we thank you even in your example of honoring moms and honoring those who take care of us and, 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 and suffer um, sometimes just to make themselves absolutely last place in order for the betterment of their children and their home. Lord, we thank you for those, these moms, Lord. And we ask that you bless them, Lord, that today they will be encouraged and inspired to continue to do the work that you've called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, honey. Good morning, everyone. You can be seated. You stand on your feet enough. Take a seat, relax. So good to see everyone today. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I made a, a joke in the first service that uh, I didn't expect to see many moms in the first service today because I figured they would just all want to sleep in for Mother's Day and come to the second service. But then I looked and I saw who it was. I'm like, you know what? They're moms of little kids. They were up anyway. Their kid didn't let them sleep in. So they, they came and they were at the first service. So you know what? Kudos to them. And kudos to you for being here because you're sacrificing that early good time for that Mother's Day brunch to come and be encouraged by the word today. So I am so glad that you're here. And, um, you know, this is, it's overwhelming when we think about everything that, 
that moms are. I, I had a, a real mom moment already uh, this morning and last night. Um, you know, you see, <laughs> you see those uh, memes and viral videos of how, you know, moms and grandparents get their hands on all this technology but they don't really maybe know how to use it. And so, you know, it's, it's funny, and there's all, the, all kinds of jokes. And, I mean, I kind of feel bad for them, but mostly it's, it's, it's cute and funny. And I don't think they minded if, if their grandson posted the video. So, I mean, maybe they got permission, maybe they didn't. But uh, we laugh about it, and <laughs> let me tell you, last night I was up way later than I needed to be trying to get all this done, and my techie husband, who is so techie, he can't, even bear to sign his name in pen anymore. It's just painful to his hand. He just, he's so technology dependent. And he is really, I'm dependent on him for technology. But um, I was trying to get um, my computer, which in like the technolo technology world of computers is kind of a dinosaur. It's not that old, but it's old. So I'm having major issues with my computer. It's like the, the rainbow wheel of death is just spinning and spinning and spinning. And I'm trying to get my notes transferred over to my iPad, my handy dandy iPad, so that I could be up here and be all sleek and scroll. Well, let me tell you, it didn't happen. The computer was just majorly malfunctioning. So this morning when I get up, I'm like, Chris, Chris, I can't get my notes. You got to help me. Like, I'm, I'm just freaking out. I mean, like, level 10, right? I mean, notes are a little bit important. I did not memorize this message. So I'm like, you got to help me. You got to help me. I'm going to have this giant laptop sitting up here, and then I'm going to hit it, and it's going to fall on the stage. And I mean, I'm just panicking, and he's trying, and he's trying. Well, we could never get it to work. So we had to end up printing out my notes this morning on paper. And so um, let me tell you, I don't know, I, I kind of felt a little less anointed in the first service because I was having to read my, my paper. And, and let me tell you, it's not just paper, it's glossy photo paper because that's all we had. That's all we had in the whole house as we're scrambling this morning and, ah, get my notes, please, honey, just get my notes for me. It's going to be, I'm just a colossal failure. And, and so I have for you this morning my notes on shiny photo paper that's even glaring. I was afraid it might be glaring so much I couldn't even read them. But uh, I, I assure you I, I can read them. But um, in that moment I realized, oh, my gosh, I've crossed over into that category of mom. Because when my kids hear about this story, let me just tell you, I'm never gonna live it down. They're gonna laugh at me, they're gonna make a meme of me and, and make some video on the internet. So I was like, happy Mother's Day to me. I've crossed over into a new category of mom and I am now that mom that everyone makes fun of. So you know what, I'm just gonna own it today. I'm gonna use my paper and I'm gonna slide it over and just trust that Jesus is gonna take the way. Oh, thank you. Wow. Hey, they didn't clap for me in the first service. I like you better. I'm just don't tell, tell them that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, man, I, I was telling Chris, you know, when, when it comes to these kinds of holidays and moms and dads, it's very overwhelming. I, I just have to be honest. When I'm preparing and when I'm planning, I feel the weight. I feel the gravity of what we're looking at and what we're dealing with because I know that there are so many different people in this room this morning. I know that there are people in all different kinds of categories and where they're at in the relationship of what you would say mother is. And so I know that this morning, 
We have single parents out there. We have career parents. We have stay-at-home moms. We have people who have lost their mothers. They're no longer with us. We have people that are, that are navigating through mother pain. They're strained in the relationship, and this day is just really hard and painful for you. There's, there's people out there that want to be mothers, and they have pain because it's not happening for them the way they wanted to. And I know all of that, and it's very weighty. And, you know, I just, I had to take comfort this morning because I thought, you know, there's no way that I can encourage every single person in this room at the same time and give you exactly what you need. But that's not my job. So I'm going to let the Lord encourage you today, however he needs to encourage you. And I want you to know that whoever you are in this room today, no matter what stage you are and how you relate to this message of motherhood, that you're seen today, that you're known and you're loved by our amazing heavenly father and he honors you and he sees you and he appreciates the call that you have taken up and that you have embraced. Um, You know, moms really exemplify Christ, living out this mission every day, sacrificially laying down your life. We don't really get much of a choice, but we do it, and, and hopefully we do it with joy and gladness. Um, we, we lay down our bodies to grow and carry a human. That's a big deal, and we know we'll never be the same, those of us that have had that experience. It's never the same afterwards, so it's a huge sacrifice. You lay down your preference of food because you're just eating the leftover crust off somebody's sandwich on the table because you're tired and they didn't eat their dinner and so then you had to make a PB&J and then they didn't eat the PB&J and so then you have half a sandwich left and you're like, I'm just going to eat the sandwich. I, I really wanted Jimmy Chongas, but I'm sacrificing. I'm just going to eat the sandwich. I'm going to take the L. You're laying that down. You lay down to sleep and then don't. <laughs> so actually... For my gift to you today on Mother's Day, I tricked you into coming in here because I have a special presentation for you. I'm going to uh, ask the guys in the booth to dim the lights. I have some very special music. Um, It's very moving. Oh, (laughs) they're even doing it. Um, And my gift to you for Mother's Day is we're all just going to take a nap right now. In this room, we're going to just, no, I'm just, guys, sorry. I know. Wow. Wow, they already heard that joke the first time, so they're like, we're going to get you second service. Um, I wish that I could give that to you. Hopefully, maybe later today you can, and you can say, honey, I love you. Here's the kids, and I'm going off to my three-hour power nap. Okay, that's power. I don't know who in here thinks a power nap is 20 minutes. I mean, I'm just saying, if that's you, then, then more grace to you. But power, power to me is three hours. That's when the real power comes, when you just wake up and you just don't know even where you're at. That, I feel the power in that. So I assure you, I will be taking a power nap when I get home today, and it ain't going to be no 20-minute power nap. So I'm really excited to bring this to you, and I'm also excited about that afterwards. So, um, (laughs) but this gig is hard, guys. It just is. It's just hard. And, you know, the, the call doesn't change. And really, in this room, whether you are a mother or not, the calling really is the same. God has kind of made this great commission to us to go and make disciples. So even if you don't have natural, physical children of your own, there still is a calling there to raise up people in Christ, to mother and father, even spiritually, our next generation. And it's a huge calling. It's very overwhelming. And I think that society even maybe makes, puts a little too much pressure, I think, sometimes on mom, because I think they're actually, I think 
if I'm being honest, I think the world does a fairly good job about like honoring moms. And if you're really going to like kind of look at the difference between moms and dads, I, I think moms get the better end of the deal, honestly. I think when it comes to Mother's Day, it's like, oh, mothers and oh, and, and who, the professional athletes, who are they thinking? I mean, they, maybe they're thinking their dad's son, but they're thinking their mom, Kevin Durant, you're the real MVP, mom. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we hear all the time, right? So I think there is this, um, in, in our culture, I think there is a very maybe good and healthy sense of, hey, we get it. We know how hard it was. We know how hard we made it on you as a kid. So we're going to honor you. But I think that sometimes it can do us a disservice because we get so overwhelmed by that responsibility because we're like, oh, my gosh, I, I could have the next Kevin Durant in my house. Wow, I better not mess that up. I better get him in all the right programs and all the, And we just have like all this pressure that just builds on us to, to parent our kids and to raise these successful, amazing children. And, uh, you know, there's a good weight for that, but I think that maybe there's a little extra weight today that if I could wish anything for you, that when you leave this place today, maybe you can lay a little bit of that down and feel a little more free to just be the mom that God has called you to be today. And, you know, we're, we're very against comparison. And I know social media and everything, like, that's all. There's, like, blogs on it. And we all talk about, don't compare yourself to other people. And, and, and I agree, totally. In this moment, I'm going to allow you to compare yourself this morning to someone. Because I actually think it's going to help you and make you feel a little bit better. Because... No matter who you are this morning, no matter how many little Kevin Durant you have in your house that you're raising, you are not raising the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Jesus, okay? That's never going to be your responsibility and your pressure. So if maybe you could feel a little bit better today, you could say, well, at least I am not the mother of Jesus, okay? That's some, <laughs> that's some pressure now. Talk about some pressure. But I actually want to look at a story today, and I think there's some really cool things that we can get from looking at Mary and Joseph as parents. We don't get to see it a lot, which I think is, is what makes it really unique in this story because we only see one example of Jesus as a child. It really goes from he's born, the nativity scene, and the angels, and hallelujah, and all of that and then a little bit later it shows they presented him in the temple and then bam the next chapter it opens up he's 12 years later he's 12 years old and they're going to the temple for Passover and so there's a a big chunk of time that uh, that took place in between that and so anything that's in the Bible we need to take note of and we need to know that there was a, a reason that's in there and so I love that they put a story about Jesus as a kid in the Bible because not only do we get to see Jesus as a child and some of the amazing things that that start to happen as people realize that, oh, this is something different here. But also we get to see Mary and Joseph, and maybe they didn't do it perfectly. The story that we're going to read, I think, is maybe might make you feel a little bit better. Okay? So let's look at this. Let's read this, um, this story, Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 51. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. We could stop right, whoop, that's the mic. We could stop right there and I could give you a point like they valued being in the house of God. They made it a priority to be in the house of God. That's not a point I'm making today, but it's just a really good side note to take note of right at the beginning. 
And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. This is interesting. His parents did not know it. Next slide. But supposing him to be in the group, they went on a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. It's getting interesting. After three days, they found him in the temple. <laughs> three days, that's a, just want to say that, three days. They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Slide. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. But I love this. Mary's a mom, okay? They were astonished. And also his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. I think that's an understatement, right? Great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Slide. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. That happens a lot in the Bible. You see that. Jesus says things are like, I don't really get what you're saying right now, but I feel like it's important. I feel like maybe later I might understand. I think maybe that was one of those times. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. I love that they put that in there right after they were like, why are you looking for me? I got to be in the house of God. Because they're showing that Jesus, even though he was God, he was submissive to his parents still. He was like, okay, they want to take me home. I, I submit. I, I go home. I need to read that to my children. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Guys, they lost Jesus. Like they lost him. They actually did not know where he was. That's on the scale of like mistakes you want to make as a parent. That's, that's up there. I mean, that, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. I'm, I'm thankful to say that's never happened to me. But that is, I can say, one of my greatest fears as a parent is, is losing one of my children and craziness or, you know, a store or amusement park or just whatever it is. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That's not a small one. That's a big one. So um, let's look at this and kind of see some things we can glean from Mary's response and how she handled this incident in the scripture, all right? So the first thing is Mary realized that God was with her son even in the midst of her failure as a parent. She saw that even though she was going to mess up, God was in control and his grace would cover her. I can imagine that's a giant relief to Mary, right? Because, again, none of us in here are going to be raising the Son of God, all right? So you can imagine the pressure if anybody felt it. I mean, can you think, like, I'm co-parenting with God, and, like, this is different. There's really not a manual for this. Like, what if I spank Jesus and I wasn't supposed to? What if I take him over there and, and I wasn't supposed to feed him that food? And, and God, like, this, what is he going to, is he going to, like, strike me, you know, with lightning? Is he going to punish me? I mean, yeah, can you imagine? That, that's really kind of crazy. So what a relief. What a relief it must have been for her to see in that moment, yeah, it was their bad. Like they lost Jesus. That, that was their bad. And, you know, to their credit, that was kind of customary in their time. They traveled in groups. So it's like, I'm just, they're with uncle. They're with, you know, they're with cousin, so-and-so. And, and there, there, there was like, that was kind of what they did. And so that's why at first they didn't really realize that he was gone until they realized that he was gone and it was just not good. But, um, you know, that, wow, that had to be freeing. 
And maybe this might set you free today if you're a mom in this room. This statement. God's plans and purposes for your children do not hinge on your ability to parent them perfectly. Whew. I hope that you guys are amazing. I love this. Come back every Sunday, please. They're clapping, talking. It's awesome. Um, I hope that sets you free. And I have news for you. You're not that powerful, actually. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we are the center of the universe, and kind of rightly so. I mean, like, uh, people kind of depend on us as moms, right? I mean, it's like, you can't find your shoe, mom. If you can't, you know, if you fall and you hurt yourself, mom. In the middle of the night, if you have a bad dream, mom. If you got to barf, mom. If you got to, you know, all these things, it's like, mom, 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 mom. We can certainly feel very central <laughs> to our universe. But hopefully this morning you can be set free to remember that you are actually not the center of your own universe or your family's universe, because, yeah, amen is right. That set me free as I remembered that. Because you know who will never fail? God. He won't. He will never fail your children. He will never fail your children. He was their parent before you were. He made them. He put them, he put them inside you. He knew everything before they were even a thought in your mind. He loved that child. He knew that child. He created that child. He made plans for that child. And I hope you realize that you are not powerful enough to throw God's course off track for your children's lives. So when you make those mistakes, just make them and just realize, hey, I'm not God, so I'm going to fail. All right, some of this pressure is understandable. Maybe it comes from our own experiences with our own parents, good or bad. Maybe if you had a great experience with awesome parents, you're under that shadow of like, oh my gosh, my parents were so amazing. Like, how am I ever going to be the mom or the dad that they were? Maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe you had a not great experience and there's a lot of pain in your life and you're looking at your adult self going, look at all the things that I'm having to work through because of what I went through with my parents. And you are crushed under that weight because you feel like I cannot mess this up. I cannot screw up these kids. I've got to do right. But sometimes when we're so afraid of failure, it reveals that our, somewhere along the way, our identity is getting wrapped up too much in being a mother, motherhood, or being a parent. And it's, it's a part of who we are, it's not the end all to who we are. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of the king. You are his bride. And that is your identity. And everything else centers around that. And I did not realize this was so much an issue for me until I put my kids in public school two years ago. For those of you that don't know me, I raised, we um, I homeschooled for several years. I have three children. Loved it. I love my season of homeschooling. I, I, I really think it's wonderful. Um, everyone has their own story and their own way, so I'm never, ever going to stand up here and say, do this, do that, do that, because you need to do what God has called you to do. But every year we would pray and evaluate and say, okay, God, is this what you still have for us? I don't know. I'm submitting this to you if you want to change that. And, and we felt a shift about two years ago. We felt this is something God is doing. He's transitioning our kids, and we're going to put them in public school. And um, I thought I was okay with it until I just started getting so 
overwhelmed. Like in Target, it's the school supplies. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like crying. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? It's just pencils. But I realized that, <laughs> that's a true story actually. But um, I realized that somewhere along the way, I made that the sum total of my success as a person or my failure as a person. Because I said, you know what, if my kids do not thrive, if they do not succeed, if they're not amazing and everyone embraces them and says how wonderful they are, I am a failure because I gave my whole life to this. Like this is what I have to show for what I did with my life in this season of time. And if it's not great, then I am the failure. And God had to show me, you know what, you got this backwards somewhere along the way. You put too much identity into being a mother and your success or your failure thereof as a mother. And I hope that maybe today you can be freed from being crushed under the weight of condemnation, illusion, and perfection. Because perfection went to the cross in the form of a person. One time. There was only one person that's perfect. And he paid the price. He fulfilled all of the things that we could never, ever fill so that we could stand up here today and be great parents. And so if you're chasing perfection, let me tell you, it died on the cross and it did not get resurrected with everything else, all right? So don't go looking for it. It was Jesus. He alone is the perfection. So if we look at it that way, a response to our own failure can actually be worship, Hmm, that's interesting. Instead of beating ourselves up, oh, you're so horrible. You're the worst. You're the worst parent. I do that all the time. Um, you can go, God, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking the weight off of me and the expectation and the pressure to be perfect. Thank you that you paid the price. Wow, God, look at you. You're amazing. You're awesome. And it can lead us to worship. It can, it can become an opportunity to present the gospel to our kids if we let it. But that does require humbling ourselves. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's hard. Okay? The older my kids are getting, the harder that is. Come on, be like, listen to me all the time. I know what to do. Don't ask. Just do it. And, and I fail them. And my husband fails them. And it takes a great deal of humility to go to your child and say, Guys, I'm sorry I missed it. I lost it. I blew up. I was, I was mad. I didn't respond the way I should. But then it gives us an opportunity to bring Jesus in. Because we say, ah, it's not about me. My life scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So the power of Christ may rest upon me. So not only do we have to be done with perfection, but we can actually boast in our weaknesses because it brings glory to God and it can present the gospel to the people around us. Now that is a cool thought, right? It's a cool thought, I know. So let's look at the next one. Um, the paper, guys, excuse me. Have grace for me with the, the shiny photo paper. All right, let me move on to the next one. Mary realized that there were things that she would not understand or have control over, but she trusted God's plans above her own. And this is not just a parent thing, right? This is just a people thing. Every day, trusting God over ourselves, trusting God's plan over our plans, like, that's a toughie. Even reading that, some of you are probably like, oh, trust. Oh, trust God. Oh, give it all to God. It's hard. It's hard to do. 
both her own plan for her life and her plan for her son's life. We see this right in the very beginning of Mary, when we hear them talking about her in Luke, because they come, the angel comes to her. This is like after the, hey, guess what? You're a teenager, but you're going to amazingly become pregnant, even though you're a virgin. You're going to have the Son of God. It's going to be amazing. People are going to bless you for generations. La, la, la. And it was like, whoa. You can imagine in that moment, right? It might have been a little overwhelming, but all we see from Mary is her response. And her response is, next slide. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That was a bold statement for a teenager. I can imagine as Mary's writing in her diary as a teenager, and she's, you know, writing, I've, I've decided what I'm going to do with my life. I can't imagine it would go like, this is going to be amazing. I'm a teen and I'm a virgin, yet I'm going to be pregnant. No one's going to understand it. They're going to reject me. I'm going to be an outcast. I'm not going to understand what's going on, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to raise the son of God. I am going to be the mother of the Messiah. I seriously doubt that's what she was writing down in her diary. Yet we don't really see much about Mary's own ambitions or plans because her immediate response was, okay, hey, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. She was insignificantly significant. She understood the weight and the calling of what God was asking her to do, but she also knew her place in it. I'm just a servant. I'm just here to do what you tell me to do. And if you're calling me to raise the Son of God, I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And this, we've got to figure this thing out with Joseph, but hey, I'm going to do it. That was her response. She probably had her own plans and timing for Jesus. We see this, right? Because they actually left the temple and went home, and he stayed. So their timing was like, time's up. Let's go home. Everybody, everybody, until they saw that it wasn't time, and they did not have Jesus with them. And they went back into the temple, and in that moment, I think they saw a little glimpse of some of God's purpose for Jesus' life. And, and, you know, you might go, well, how could they forget, right? I mean, this is Jesus. How could they actually forget what was at stake here and how different and how special he was? Let me remind you, 12 years passed between the, the passage we read and the one before, right? So they're probably just trying to raise a normal kid at home, a kid who picks their nose and eats their boogers. I mean, like, Jesus was a kid. And, and so here they are, this kid who picks their nose is astounding the teachers in the temple. And they're blowing their, he's blowing their minds. And all of a sudden, there was this moment of, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's actually something bigger at work here that has nothing to do with me. Whew, okay, okay God, I trust you. I was trying to make some timing, I was trying to make some things happen, but I, I clearly see <laughs> that you have your own timing and I'm gonna submit to that. She didn't understand it. It says that in verse 50, they, did, they didn't understand what was happening at the time. But she pondered these things in her heart. She stored them up. And that's a personal lesson I've truly learned over the years with having our third child, who most of you know Jackson, my precious Jackson, who's six and a half years old, is um, on the autism scale. He's high-functioning autistic. And uh, let me tell you, that was a moment where we had to decide to trust God's plans over our own, that was a moment where we didn't really understand exactly what was happening. Yet, 
I had this child that was God's child before he was my child. God made him exactly how he wanted to make him in his own image. He wired him the way he wired him, beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully made. And I had to submit that. And that is a lesson I'm learning daily because it's not easy to do. I have to do it with all of my kids. But, I mean, on a small scale even with him, like he licks poles, right? I have to give up my fear of germs because it's like, why do you do the things that you do? I'm learning it. And God is teaching me so, so, so graciously through Jackson. But that's a tough lesson to learn, right? Every day, we're, we're trusting God's plans over our own. God, this looks crazy. I don't understand. I'd rather do something else. But I clearly see that there's a bigger thing at work here, and I know my place in it. My place is to bring glory to your name. And whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. That is laying your life down, and that is not easy. It's not easy. And we don't do it well all the time. But praise God, sometimes we can. All right, last slide here. Mary realized that she had lost sight of Jesus and left him behind, but she knew where to find him. It must have been the most terrible feeling when they realized he was gone. I mean, wow. They're like, did we just throw off the course of history here because we lost Jesus? This is really bad. And they knew where to find him because of his answer to them, right? That he said, hey, I got to be about my father's business. You're going to find me in the house of God because that's where Jesus wanted to be. That's where he belonged. We can very easily run ahead of Jesus and leave him behind when we do it our own way, in our own power, or even just getting caught in the routine of every day and we get in survival mode. It's so easy to run ahead. You know, culture has this message to women and moms. It's, oh, you're this superhero. You can do anything. And, 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 you know, the power is in you. I've got it. I am superwoman. Alicia Keys, right? It's one of my favorite songs. It's on my power playlist, like women power playlist. So I'm here for that today, okay? I'm here for that. You are, whoa. That was me being too animated with my mic and the pack fell off. Um, but we can get caught up in that. And the problem is it very, very easily turns into our own power instead of God's power in us. I don't know if this is going to make the, the long haul here. I'm going to try. Okay. But if we run ahead of him in our own power, I'm going to do this by my own sheer grit and determination. The problem is that runs out. It runs out. And then you're beating yourself up because you're like, but everybody told me I had so much power and I'm so amazing and I'm a superwoman and I'm a hero. You are all those things, but you're not all those things with, without Christ. You're going to run out and then you're going to be on the road, stalled out because you're on fumes and you're going to look and you're going to go, I turned and Jesus, I don't know. I, I went off without him. I went ahead of him. I was trying to do it in my own strength, in my own way, in my own timing. And this is so easy to do every day. But the good news is, just like they knew where to find Jesus, we know where we can go to find him. No matter how far we feel like we've gone, no matter how far we feel like we turned ahead, we went 50 miles, like we went all the way to the border, no matter how far you've gone, we know where to find him. And if you are a believer in this room today, and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the Bible tells us instead of the old temple where they would go, where is the new temple? 1 Corinthians 6, 
Verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You are not your own for God has bought you with a high price. Where can we find him? If we feel like we went ahead. Well, he will be shouting his love and faithfulness to us through his word because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the word of God. We find him there. We find his promises there. We find all of the things that he has given us there. He will pour out his grace, forgiveness, and mercy through his sweet presence and prayer and worship. When you don't know what to do, you will find him there. He will speak to you and give you wisdom for your family and for your calling. And instead of reaching inside for that power within that the world tells us we have, we are empowered by God to fulfill the calling he's called us to do. And you can do it because he's equipped you, not because you have your own ability to do it. That's where we find him. And we have to go back to that place if we feel like we ran ahead of him because we will never fulfill our true roles as parents and do this thing the right way, running ahead of him. So we have to go back to that place. And I wanna end today on worship, of course, not just because I'm the, one of the worship leaders, but because it's, it's important. Because again, like I said at the beginning, this is, only, this is only just me encouraging you from the scripture. I can't do what I wish I could do. I wish I could take every single one of you in your unique situations and make you feel so special and so wonderful and so loved by God and so healed and set free. But I cannot do that. It's not my job. But I am so happy to tell you that it can happen today because God is here and he sees you and he loves you and he knows you. And so there's a lot of different things going on in this room right now. But whatever it is that you have today, he can meet you here. He can meet you here. If you're that mom and you are so overwhelmed with the weight and you carry so much shame and guilt about not measuring up as a parent, your regret over past mistakes, you can trust his grace and forgiveness today. You can be empowered by him to go and do what God has called you to do. He wants us to release our own control and hold that we have on our own lives and surrender to his plan for our families and for our lives. But we have to let go. We have to let go of it. Maybe he wants to release some hurt and some pain and some maybe even unforgiveness that you have maybe towards a parent or towards a situation and you just carried that with you for a long, long time. And this day is really hard for you right now. And God sees you, we see you, we love you. And I'm here to say that God can use that pain for his glory too. And that that's not your story of how you're gonna be a parent. You're not, that's not the end all for you. God has a plan for you as a parent and you're not gonna default into all of that pain that you experienced that you went through because you just don't know a better way. God does, he knows a better way. He wants to empower you today. And, and at this song, there's no, no better song. I actually forgot, like, we picked the set list, and I forgot this song was on here today. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. And it took all I could do to not just weep both services as we sang None But Jesus. 
because I have my own chaos and confusion right now. I'm walking through some things and in the moment of my weakness, you give me grace to do your will. In the chaos and confusion, I know you're sovereign still. In the secret, in the quiet, I know that you're there and, and there that's where we are restored. So being in his presence and worshiping for a moment on this song is the best gift I could give you today is to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you wherever you're at and look at this song and think about what it means for you today personally, not someone else, but you. Where are you finding yourself in this story today? What do you need to let go of? How do you need to walk out of here a little lighter than when you came in? Because let me tell you, this is hard enough as it is. This thing called life, this thing called being a parent is hard enough as it is. We do not need to add weight to it that's not supposed to be there. So I hope today, I pray, my prayer for you today is that if you feel some extra weight on your shoulders, you feel a little carried, a little hunkered down, that you can set some of that weight aside today. And the Holy Spirit can, can free you from that burden of responsibility, that burden of perfection. He wants you to trust him. If you're trusting and believing him for a family, it's not there yet. It's not the way that you wanted it to happen. He wants you to trust him in that today, that he has a plan. He's sovereign still, that's what the song says. We're gonna have our, some of our prayer partners come forward and, and that we're, we're here for you. We wanna pray for you if you need a hug, if you need a prayer, if you just need someone to, to cup your little face in their hands and say, you're gonna make it, it's gonna be okay. I can tell you because I trust God in you. We have communion up here as well at some tables uh, for those that um, maybe just wanna take a moment and reflect what God has done. Remember him as a parent, remember him as a child, all of these things. But um, we wanna pray for you today and we want you to experience the presence of God because one moment in his presence can change your life forever. He can restore you in a moment. He can take years of pain that we have to work out Yes, but he can heal it in a moment. So if you need to let anything go today, search your heart as we worship, as we remember him and sing none but Jesus and just let the Lord do his work in you today.